Hello, everybody. My name is Maria, and I am a holistic health and wellness coach, and I'm your host of A Beginner's Guide to Wellness. This is a podcast that is going to help facilitate a discussion about positive behavior change in a world that drowns us in fat diets, misinformation, and off-the-shelf products that leave us feeling financially drained, confused, and very much overwhelmed. And as a health and wellness coach, I just want to help you break free from all these limiting beliefs. And I really hope this series can help you out and give you some ideas and inspiration on how to get started on your wellness journey and make healthy decision-making a little bit easier. So keep on listening and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to A Beginner's Guide to Wellness. This is this week's second promised episode. And we're going to take a pause from the Sustainable Living series, and we're going to talk about something different. We're going to be talking about spiritual awakenings. And before we start with the whole episode, I want to add that this podcast is not an alternative to therapy. I am a health coach. I'm not a doctor. I talk about what works for me, my experiences, what I've learned, and hope that it resonates with you. At the end of the episode, I have my first ever guest, Anna Childs. I have a little interview with her. We talk about what spiritual awakenings means from her point of view. And she's an amazing human. We actually met in the most random way in the back of an Uber pool when those were a thing before Corona. She was just getting home from a book release because she just released her poetry book, The Kill Manual. And yes, this girl's amazing. She's an author, an artist, an astrologer. She's also the founder of Astrolytical. It's a platform where she shares memes and fun facts about all things astrology. And she also has a link to her website where she offers natal chart services and readings. This girl has basically been my spiritual advisor for the past year and has helped me so much in terms of spirituality and like finding joy in spirituality. Also, she was the first person that brought up the possibility of me actually going through an awakening in the first place. And I had no idea what it meant until she explained it to me and I looked more into it. So it's super special to have her on here today. So before we head into the interview, I wanted to give my two cents into what this whole spiritual awakening experience means to me. And I attribute a big part of my self-development journey to my spiritual awakening And for those who don't know what a spiritual awakening means, it is, how do I explain it? Like a heightened sense of awareness where you start seeing reality outside the confines of our ego, of ourself. And this experience and shift of consciousness can be triggered when we experience major life changes, illness, tragedy, trauma. And usually when we have really big things happen to us, we tend to look beyond ourselves for comfort because you get to a point where you just cannot deal with it anymore and you just want to fix it and you want it to be as easy as when you get a headache you take a pill and it goes away but it's not that simple as a child I've always been a bit of a loner and always felt quote-unquote misunderstood therefore I knew that I kind of needed to head towards a more individual route when it came to figuring out what what's going to make me feel better. And the thought of spirituality was always kind of in the back of my mind. You know, I practiced yoga. I had some self-care practices. I started to learn more about astrology. 
and reading about spirituality. I mean, I remember that in one of my lowest points, someone gifted me the book called Many Lives, Many Masters by the psychotherapist, Dr. Brian Weiss. And it completely changed my life and my perspective. It was the first shift of consciousness that I truly felt. And this one hit real different. And the universe is going to put situations like that in front of us all of the time. And it will continue putting these situations in our path until we start leaning towards the path that truly aligns with us. And it will happen because at some point we'll realize that doing the same thing, expecting different results is not going to cut it. And life is just a series of decisions. And we always got to pick something and everything will be different, but it's all just a matter of just following that gut feeling. So we start aligning with what truly is going to bring us joy and make us happy and make us just better humans. And I could have easily not read that book, but I did. And I'm so grateful for that. When we have that spiritual awakening, we have to learn to listen to our bodies and flow with it. Anything that we're feeling is like your body leaving a little post-it note for us to read and discern. And I'm going to sound like a broken record by saying this over and over and over again, but this process is highly individual and we will all experience it differently. When we start going through that shift, it can be really overwhelming sometimes because we start to question everything and This itself can be painful and disturbing at first, but ultimately this process is here to help you really figure things out and really look deep into what is the root cause of everything that you're experiencing. And when we begin having a heightened sense of awareness and start leaving our ego behind, we really do wake up about every single thing. And that sensation that your life doesn't make sense anymore is the product of having all your former beliefs and desires being challenged. Keyword here is challenged. You know, challenging our ego is going to help you expand your train of thought, your level of acceptance, and it will bring to light what you're not really able to digest, but keep saying, that's fine, too. This lack of self-awareness and constantly putting a band-aid on whatever it is that's bothering us instead of Resolving the deeper issue of the matter is really going to catch up with us. And we need to stop saying this is fine to everything. This is absolutely not fine. Say how you feel when you feel it. That's how you'll progress through your awakening. So we don't get stuck in chaos mode forever. We need to understand that bad things happen and that they're going to keep happening And it's up to us to choose if we'll learn from it or let it consume us. And at some point, doing the same thing, expecting different results, is going to get a little old. After we start to brew all these emotions, we enter the most difficult part, facing them. (laughs) And most of us can't really seem to tune in with our own feelings. It's like we're emotionally illiterate. We deal with this constantly when we're trying to build connections with people, but they're emotionally unavailable because they're emotionally illiterate. And there's actually a term for people that have a problem feeling and expressing emotions, and it's alixothemic. (laughs) Alixothemic. And it's estimated that one in 10 people have it. And there's 7.8 billion people in the world. I mean, do the math. Yikes. (laughs) 
I mean, knowing this really explains our tendencies for most of our coping mechanisms, like overeating, addiction, the overconsumption of media, and mental health issues such as anxiety and depression. And, you know, once we start facing our inner demons, literally just our feelings, our soul starts to bring up all the things that need to be healed and released. So get ready for some intense, ugly crying, rebelling, constantly feeling misunderstood, and just wanting to be left alone. And this is what we call the purging stage. And it's going to feel like this heightened sense of awareness is tapping into every memory, everything you've ever done, like everything comes to light. And because you're in this place where you're really starting to see everything, you'll start to realize that certain things are going to start to take a turn, like certain beliefs or your perceptions, and in rare cases, your ego. And we need to trust the process, be kind to ourselves, because trust me, this happens to more people than you know. Some are just better at hiding it than others. So on that note, I'm going to give you my four tips on how to get you through the process of going through your spiritual awakening. So the first one is getting to know ourselves a little better. You know, this is all about working internally and asking ourselves all the questions and observing everything we think about. The second thing is looking for deeper meanings instead of seeing what's in plain sight. Go beyond what's convenient to you and really get to the root cause of things. And the third point is having a more positive mindset. I mean, if you feel that you're getting really negative with the situation, try to refocus and try to manifest a better situation and say things like, I'm doing this instead of, I wish I could do that. And the last part is getting out of your comfort zone. And this is all about trying something new, but it could also be about traveling, moving to a new city, going outside, changing your gym, learning something new, trying a new recipe, just anything that will get you out of your comfort zone that can expand your mind. Now that I've given you my two cents about spiritual awakenings, I want to reintroduce Anna Shiles, my friend Anna Shiles. She is an author, artist, astrologist, cat mom, spiritual advisor, and one of the smartest and most intuitive women I know. She's also the founder of Astrolytical, and she does amazing natal chart services and readings. I highly recommend that you go get a reading from her. She is absolutely amazing. So without further ado, here's our little talk. How are you feeling today? Oh my God. I'm feeling great. You know, I just woke up. (laughs) (laughs) It's the middle of the afternoon. Woo. What time did you go to bed? Oh my God. Uh, We went to bed at three. Why? (laughs) So my boyfriend does a late night show on Twitch. Um, Last night was crazy. Actually, they had like, it was a party. They had 13,000 live consecutive viewers. Um, That's insane. it was insane. So we, we're up late all the time because he uh, streams from 9 p.m. to midnight. So oh it, we're, we, we, we're night owls in this household. <laughs> yeah. So that's absolutely wild. By 1 a.m., I'm like in my like 40th dream. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I was raving about you earlier mm-hmm. that you've kind of been like my spiritual advisor throughout uh-huh. this whole like new experience for me. Like you're so smart and you're so intuitive when it comes to navigating the waters, which honestly, I started really learning about them. Like literally in the past, like two years, like truly, like I, I honestly when you don't realize that you're going through this shift, like you honestly feel like the world is ending and that everything is like literally going against you. And it's honestly not that. And I talked about it a lot, like what it means to me, but in your words, what does it mean to have a spiritual awakening? Uh, so that's such a broad question. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's a good question. It's a broad question. And I think that, what it means to be spiritual is different Mm -hmm. for each person. Um, Spirituality is literally, I feel like a fingerprint and it's unique Mm -hmm. to each and every one of us. And what makes me feel connected to myself and to the world and to others and to the universe is going to be a lot different than what makes someone else feel connected to those things. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I personally find like my spiritual practice to be the most solid when I'm meditating and when I'm making time to connect with my body and myself. But other people find that while they're playing guitar. Other people find that as they're painting or as they're dancing or, you know, sometimes even I feel the most connected when I'm taking a walk, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm just out in the world and I'm looking at the trees and I'm taking my environment. And that's a spiritual connection for me. You know, that's a part of my spiritual practice. So really, I think like what it means to be spiritual is like, what makes you feel connected to yourself? What makes you feel connected yeah. to the world and to the people around you? You know, what makes you feel like uh, life is worth living? You know, I think that's like whatever it means to you. You know, it's different for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's like the universal human experience. It's just like feeling and being in tune with ourselves. And like you said, it's totally different for anybody. It's highly highly individual. I feel like almost everything in life is, we all live through different experiences, very, very different for everybody. And while I was reading about this, I just kept seeing people kind of having a big misconception on spirituality kind of being like the same thing as religion, which I really don't think that it is. I feel like they're really two different things. You know, I feel like with religion, it's kind of like a more community-based, whereas in spirituality, it's more of an individual practice, where it's more like looking for answers from within instead of just pointing out what's right and what's wrong. Oh, my and, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on that? that? Yeah. No, totally. I mean, I think, like, you know, and on one hand, spirituality, like, yeah, you can have spiritual communities, mm-hmm. you know, but the cool thing about those spiritual communities is that it's composed of people who also have an individualistic spiritual practice yeah. and relationship to themselves. Whereas religion, it's more so like accepting answers from ex- the external mm-hmm. as opposed to spirituality is like you're coming up with answers from the internal kind of going within yourself. Whereas I feel yeah. religion, depending on what kind of religion, you know, you're speaking of, like I'm I grew up Catholic, so I'm technically ex-Catholic, so I can only kind of speak from, like, a (laughs) Catholic perspective, the ex-Catholic perspective, and being Catholic, and Catholic's pretty hardcore, Uh, like, you know, we like keep in the dark in a church with each other and, like, pretend to reenact the Last Supper, you know, and shit, so. um, We also put a lot of pressure into just children 
to them making a lot of like lifelong decisions, lifelong choices, like when they're really, really young, instead of letting them grow up and eventually letting them create their own opinions on things. Honestly, out of more of the Abrahamic religions, like I would say like Mm -hmm. being Catholic was pretty hardcore and they do indoctrinate you into the church at a very early age. You know, like, yeah, I was baptized Mm -hmm. as a baby. You have your first communion, which is like technically your first uh, taste of the blood of Jesus and the flesh of his body as a child. I think I was (sighs) in second grade. So that's like, I mean, right there is the difference between religion and spirituality is religion. Mm -hmm. You're kind of just being forced into these traditions and you are not to question it, at least as far as Catholicism went for me, you were not to question and you are not to express any doubt. And if you were to question or express any doubt, then you are fundamentally doubting God. And to doubt mm-hmm. God is to basically be condemned to hell. And you are punished for being curious. And you are punished for wanting to know about why you should be doing something, you know, like uh, receiving communion, you know, from the priest. Like, why is this important? Why do we have to pretend to reenact this? consumption of our Lord and Savior, you know, and like, it's it, for me, I think religion, and I would say, like, again, I'm filtering this through Catholicism, because all religions are different. Mm -hmm. But um, for me, filtering this through Catholicism, it's like, you aren't really allowed to expand out. I felt like it's more so you're being confined into this tight, uh, restricted, like way of thinking. And with spirituality, I felt like, for me, it was more of an individualistic journey and I could ask questions and it, you know, for me was getting more in touch with myself and why do I do the things that I do? Why am I the way that I am? Where did I come from? Who impacted me? Why do I behave in these ways? Or what cycles have I been condemned to? And why do I continue to participate in those cycles? You know, like that was so much more liberating and empowering for Mm -hmm. me personally. So you know, and again, at the end of the, like, I do think religion and spirituality are fundamentally different. They're also fundamentally the same in some ways. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I honestly think it just goes back to what we mentioned with what it means to be spiritual. Like if it's, if that is where you're at in your journey and you find peace and purpose and connection in religion, I think as long as you're not using that to hurt or harm anyone or to judge anyone, mm-hmm. then do whatever you got to do. You know, like yeah. being in church is what makes you feel connected to yourself and to your family and your friends and your community and the world. Like be in church, go to church, you know, find that peace there. Yeah. Oh. For me, I feel that I never really connected with like religion or Christianity in general because it's so centered on guilt. Like yeah, you always feel so, guilty. Oh so so the, what I was mentioning earlier, that religion is basically the whole what is right from what is wrong and spirituality yeah. being just like creating a, a sense of awareness of what's happening around you and kind of yeah. learning to understand things and not challenge it. I want to feel curious yeah. and have like the freedom want to, to want to learn about different, yeah, and learn about different things without being guilt-driven and being told that's just like not the right way of doing it. Dude, when in spirituality, oh there's no right or wrong. I think that's like the biggest thing that attracted me to it. That's a great point. I mean, <laughs> oh man, I'm like so far beyond the pale of being uh, ex-Catholic. Like literally, I mean, I left the church when I was a teenager. Yeah. Like a preteen actually. So I was mm-hmm. really young when, you know, I finally told my parents like I was done. 
and they finally, you know, I mean, I had been saying that for years, but they still forced me to go anyway. <laughs> that it was, Girl, I went to Catholic school. Did. Oh my God, same, Air Force. Yeah, I wasn't Catholic, but I still went. Yeah. But like, my parents were always religious in the sense of like, they always believe in God and mm -hmm. they wanted to be part of that kind of community, but they never really forced me into any kind of religion. They just always That's made awesome. me believe in like a higher purpose. Like, yeah. like God is protecting you, but never like go to church. Like, yeah. you know what oh, I mean? Man. My parents were the opposite. Well, my dad was cool. He was pretty laid back. He was kind of just like, man, whatever your mom wants to do. And my mom was like, well, whatever I want to do is every single Sunday, we're waking up at 7.30 a.m. to get to 8.30 mass. And you're putting on your good shoes and you're going to sit in that wooden pew and chant in the dark like a good Catholic. You know? <laughs> What's your mom's sign? She was a Capricorn. She was a Capricorn. Oh, so. okay. And I know we're going to talk about some of the astrology uh, or how astrology and all this too. I can't wait to get to that. Uh, my oh, me neither. So very traditional, very run of the mill. Like this is how things go. This is what you're supposed yeah. to do. <laughs> Sit up straight, like do your prayers. She definitely, I think just uh, wanted to share that with me, you know, the religion mm -hmm. aspect. And, you know, that's where she found her peace. That's where she found her connection. But I mean, yeah, the same thing like the same way that you described it is how it always kind of felt like this guilt trip, this constant guilt trip. And that's, I think, another one of the things that, you know, if we're talking about the differences between religion mm -hmm. and spirituality, at least in my opinion, it's always been that religion for me, especially again, as we're talking about this through the filter of being like Catholic or Christian, mm -hmm. you know, it's like this guilt trip and this constant, like, feeling that you're doing something wrong you know like you can't enjoy mm -hmm. this because it's sinful you can't you know go out and party mm -hmm. or enjoy your friends because it's sinful you know like spirituality is like I felt for me like what do I want to do today not what does God want me to do today not not what does Jesus want me to do today you know although you know just what do I want to do today what do I what does Anna need what does Anna want what does Anna require today you know, and I think mm -hmm. that if, you know, and of course I, I mean that in a way that's like, <laughs> okay, before I even, I guess, go into that, or like, maybe I'll stop myself right there. I think like one of the biggest things too, that we need to like talk about here is like the fact that religion is this idea, has this idea that like you are immoral without religion, but that's not true. You know, you don't need religion to be moral morality mm -hmm. is a completely separate thing. And for me, I felt as if I was always a pretty moral person. I had kind of a very staunch moral code. Um, you know, even if I was out or I was like enjoying myself or having a good time or like partying, you know, I always kind of tried to keep my wits about me. I always tried to make yeah. sure I wasn't like pushing it past a certain level, you know? So I, at least always tried. And again, I was a kid, I was a teenager, we're both young adults, mm -hmm. like, you know, I tried my best, but I always felt like I didn't need this constant guilt trip over my head. Like, you know, you have to go the extra mile, the extra mile, the extra mile. It's like, you know, I just, I felt like I'm already a moral person. Why are they telling me that? Like, I'm not, why does <laughs> Catholicism always tell me like, I'm not a moral person. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm a good person. Like I try my best. I you know. know. I'm not perfect. We're all human. But I felt like religion and Catholicism punished, punishes you for being human, you know? And yeah. there's, like, this the idea of, like, the seven deadly sins, right? You have lust, you have greed, you have um, 
grass, you have um, heresy, like you have all these things Mm -hmm. that like, I feel on some level, we've all done before in our lives. We've all lusted and Mm -hmm. have felt temptation, you know, even if it's just temptation to sit on the couch all day and do nothing, you know, (laughs) or we've all felt wrathful. We've all been angry and upset. We've all committed some sort of a betrayal, you know, whether it's talking about a friend Mm -hmm. behind their back or not really being as invested in the work that you're doing. Betrayals to ourselves, you know, betraying what we need, what we want to do. You know, it's like, oh, I remember being in class. I maybe it was in fifth grade and we were in Catholic school or whatever, my like CCD class, I think it was. And we're sitting there and the teacher is talking about the seven deadly sins. And I was like, these are literally just human emotions, people. Like, why are you going to punish humans for being human? You know? I know. Let's move on to, like, more spiritual awakening. So I think we're, like, going off the rails in, like, religion. <laughs> okay, yeah, I could talk about this forever. So please redirect this accordingly. <laughs> I will go off. I I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, no, we can, uh, rewind. Let's, let's go. So spirituality, spirituality. Let's, let's go there. <laughs> I love doing that. I was like, Anna's in a roll. Let me just like redirect this real quick. Let me just like yeah. make a pause. I'm, I'm here. I'm at the whims of however, wherever I want to go. Girl, I'm always having like a mini mental like breakdown seizure every time I'm talking about all these things too. I have so much to say. But yeah, let's just go to spiritual Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. we're talking about like spiritual awakening. We kind of touched on what what being spiritual is, the differences, the very big differences <laughs> of what being spiritual is and what religion is. And now let's just kind of like touch base on like what waking up is like in my, to my knowledge, like waking up means creating that sense of awareness, creating that consciousness. When I define like a spiritual awakening, it's just being able to see beyond like our ego, like what, what is us and be more aware of the universe and be more aware of things that are around us and kind of becoming like an empath. That's sort of like what I what I feel that spiritual awakening is. And I attribute a lot of my self-development to my spiritual awakening because it just made me wake up from this really weird dream state that I was in for such a long time because I just didn't see like an out of like my weird situation because I just kept seeing what was in front of me instead of mm-hmm. being like, okay, like-, like what was beyond that? Yeah, like, that's, like, the whole thing about creating, like, consciousness and, like, greater awareness. Like, it's not about me, me, me. You have to, like, just know how to see beyond just what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in a lot of, like, the other podcast episodes, especially like the Sustainable Living series, I keep mentioning that it's so easy to pick something else, to pick something that's more eco-friendly or to pick something that's healthier for you. It's just We need to see beyond what's convenient to us. And that also applies to the whole aspect of having a spiritual awakening and creating bigger awareness. Mm -hmm. So what do you have to say about the whole spiritual awakening? Like, what what does it mean to you? Well, first of all, I think you said that very beautifully. And I just, I really love that. I think it's, you know, I think there's multiple tiers to awakening. Um, Mm -hmm. 
you know, I think like, as you mentioned, it is a process that continues to happen throughout your life as soon as it started, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, I think it's like multiple tiers. And I think the very first tier that I think most of us are the most uh, familiar with is the, the very first tier with my life is falling apart. I am <laughs> in the lowest possible place I, I ever mm-hmm. thought I could be. I never thought I would be that story. For me, that's how it felt. And that's where my spiritual, I think, awakening first started was I'm at the lowest of the lowest point in my life. I have sunk mm-hmm. so far below the surface. I'm, yeah. I'm like as low as I can get. You know, I'm in complete and utter darkness. And that is, boom, where it starts. You know, I think it's in those moments where we realize, how did I get here? Why did I get here? Mm-hmm. How do I never, ever return here again? And what are all of the things I've done to myself that were harmful? What were all the things I've done to others that were harmful? Whatever it was, right? Like, Dude, this I... is the whole thing about mm-hmm. we need to learn from our experiences. We need to learn from things. Instead of just, mm-hmm. like, letting exactly. things take and just like putting a band-aid on something being like well it is what it is taking the steps to learn why that happens so you can learn from it and like that's like one of the big steps that you have to take in order to reach that point of like enlightenment and yeah. higher awareness I mean I think that it's like I think it's literally just that you know when you're at rock bottom there's no more putting a band-aid on it you can't put a band-aid on it you can try because that's how bad you messed up you know, that's how bad oh, yeah. things are in your life, that there's no Band-Aid that can fix this. The only thing that's going to fix it is you actively and consciously working toward some sort of betterment. Yeah. You know? and that looks different have for that. everyone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I really think that it does start with, like, you being in that really dark place and, like, your life is falling apart. And then you just kind of come into this, like, I need to change, you know, I need to do something different. And I think from there, it's making small steps or taking small steps forward to, you know, how can I choose better people in my life? How can I choose to treat myself better? You know, like everyone's situation is different. Everyone's rock bottom is different. What do I have to do to get myself at least to the next level where I can then build off of that, where I can then build off of that and build off of that and build off of that. And I think along the way, it's like we get these small little epiphanies. We make small little connections. We start to hopefully meet more like-minded people along our journey. And, but a lot of that, like, I really think spiritual awakening is like, you know, um, I don't know if anyone like would be listening to this, who'd be familiar or if you're familiar, but you know how in tarot, there's like the card that of uh, the tower, mm-hmm. the infamous tower yeah. card. That is what yeah. spiritual awakening is like. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And I think that it isn't until we can experience, we experience the tower that we can get to the point of like true divine enlightenment, true divine connection with ourselves, with others, um, with our mm-hmm. lives, et cetera, et cetera. So um, yeah, let's, that's kind of what I think about, like just spiritual awakening in a nutshell is it happens in like phases and in steps. And usually it starts like in complete darkness for most people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I also feel that we need that deep desire to get to a different place. Cause I feel like a lot yes. of people really never get out of that spiral of like negativity. Mm-hmm. I feel like we really need to want it so we can yes. get there. Yeah. And in order to really, when you know that you want it, that's when you start making action. That's why there's so many people that stay in this like, woo me, and they keep complaining about it. 
And that's that's when you really start to feel it, when everything just starts falling apart because you're just yeah. exhausting everything around you by putting all of this negativity towards other people and other situations. Oh, my God, yeah. And that's when, and that's when like, all the walls start falling. And I feel like that's when the universe is like, okay, something's got to give. Something's yeah. got to give. Like, all these things keep happening because you keep doing these things. It's like doing the same thing, expecting yep. different results. If you yep. keep complaining about it, if you if you complain about it enough, it doesn't mean it's gonna go away. No, nope. you need to it's take action. Work, you need to, it's <laughs> gonna get so bad. You gotta take the right steps in order to do it. Yeah. And I no, feel I, that um, I think the universe has a sense of humor. And mm -hmm. um, one of the last things I'll say about this is, yeah, like I I really think that the universe has a sense of humor. I think that the more you ignore it, the louder it's gonna get. I think the less oh, yeah. to do, the harder things are going to become. And we all have choices to make, you know? And it's like you said, you have to want to be better. And yeah. I think that that's true. I think you have to want it or else you really have to you want are it. going to exhaust all of the valuable resources in your life, you mm -hmm. know? And that's what happened to me in my, in my journey is, you know, I had gotten to a point where I was exhausting the people around me. And that's when I realized part of what you kind of mentioned earlier, like that it's not just about you, you know, that you have to see what's beyond this and how you kind of connect to the world and how your uh, choices, I mean, impact mm -hmm. other people, you know, positively or negatively. Yeah. So, That's why I mentioned the whole putting a Band-Aid on thing. Like yeah. that was oh me. My like my Band-Aid was doing literally anything but dealing with my problems. I lost so many friends. Because all I did was complain and be negative and just, like, always be like, why does this happen to me, like, all the time? Like, it was a constant crybaby situation, and they just got tired of it. And I just felt like I was so alone, and, like, I had, didn't really have anyone to talk to. Like, I still did. But when you're in this, like, spiral of, like, negativity and, like, self-doubt, you feel so alone. And it's not that you're alone. People just, like, are freaking sick of listening to you just be in that like negative place and when you're like tiring you get so overwhelmed and it's sad like you really get to a point where you're just like I need to change I need to do something and you experience this deep need to want to shift your consciousness and just start seeing things differently so you start asking yourself questions you start asking yourself the right questions and you don't really know what it is you need to ask yourself but like anything you ask yourself is the correct question because everything is going to help get you to where you need to be mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. asking yourself like how are you why is this bothering you why yeah. is this bothering you so bad like mm -hmm. why why are you waking up so tired like what are you doing what can you do uh, why are you eating that? Like, literally asking yourself any kind of question is going to help you slowly get out of that weird spiral. But honestly, that spiral, like, the whole spiritual awakening, it starts happening due to trauma. Yeah. Um, the situation, it's just because the universe has a really crazy sense of humor. And I also think, it's like, I think the universe, like, I think it has a funny sense of humor because we yeah. have a funny sense of humor. And the universe simply just like responds to us and it responds to what we put out there. And if we're continuously putting out like negativity or, you know, harm, harm, you know, to ourselves or to others or 
you know, we're just constantly living in a place of like lack or in a state of lack, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have, I don't have, why don't I have, oh, I'm not enough. Oh, I'll never, you know, be this or that, or I'll never, I'll never, you know, whatever. It's like the universe is going to respond to that, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. going to give you back whatever it is you're giving to it. So I think that's kind of like the funny part here is that we think like the more we can ignore it, uh, the like more it'll go away, but it's like the opposite Mm -hmm. actually, you know, like the universe is going to respond like, Oh, you're not going to take care of this. Well, we're going to make it even louder, you know? So, yeah, I feel like that's the whole, the whole thing about manifestation. Like Mm -hmm. you manifest like what you put out into the world. If you say, I can't do this, that you you can't do it. If you say, Oh, everything bad always happens to me, then like everything bad happens to you. It's all like just putting like really good things out there so you can, you know, motivate yourself, tell the universe to help you out and throw you a bone. Yeah, to throw you a bone. <laughs> yeah. But you have to ask for it. That's that's part of what makes it so difficult is that like you have to know that you also deserve these things. You also have to be in a mind state where you're able to accept goodness and accept abundance and accept love and blessings and community and friendship and consideration because mm-hmm. When you're in that really negative cycle, I think something people don't really talk about a lot is like how hard it is for you to even accept good things, you know, because you're in that energetic state. You're because you're in that low vibrational uh, state, you know, like you it's even when the love does come, even when the friendship or the hand does go out, it's hard for someone to even take it, you know, Mm -hmm. because what looks like a helping hand to them actually might, you know, seem like a threat, to their being or to themselves or to their walls or defense mechanisms, you know? So So what are signs to look out for if you're trying to figure out if you're going through a spiritual awakening? I think like one of the first Mm -hmm. things that I would say to look out for is a heightened awareness. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that as soon as we start to come into a heightened state of awareness, you know, our consciousness is asking for us to be perceptive, you know, and Mm -hmm. I found that my consciousness started to become the highest when I was in a point of darkness, you know, and I suddenly Mm -hmm. just kind of had this, like, feeling like, why are things the way that they are, you know, like, I just, I felt much Mm -hmm. more, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, it was just like this awareness that I had, it was suddenly like, I was aware of myself. I was aware of others. And um, that happened to me when I was in a really dark place, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So I do think that like, like starting with that heightened sense of awareness, like if you notice that about yourself, if you notice suddenly like you're a little more tuned into people's feelings or tuned into people's thoughts or tuned into yourself, you know, or if you find yourself feeling like curious, you know, curious about Mm -hmm going on in your life why it's going on um and asking yourself questions you know um I think that's like a good kind of like general starting place like what to look out for like the biggest thing for me is like if you haven't ever been through a spiritual awakening I would assume like I mean I I just I have to say like I think most spiritual awakenings happen when we're at the lowest point in our lives you know it could be Mm -hmm. a health thing it could be I've let my health slip, you know, so far out of my control that I'm in a really bad place in my life. It could be I've been a toxic partner to all of the people that I love, you know, like I am losing people, you know, I, it could be 
Uh, I've been really irresponsible with my money. You know, I'm in so much debt Ugh. that I can't enjoy anything. Like about- it gives me so much anxiety <laughs> because it ju- it just sucks that I I always talk about this with my friends that it sucks that we have to hit almost the lowest points in our life to make big decisions for ourselves in order to better ourselves or to better our yep. situ- circumstances. <laughs> I was listening to this one podcast and this girl was saying, I've always wanted to live in the Gulf of Mexico or I've always wanted to live in Florida. And she like always kept putting it off, always kept putting it off. And then one day she got diagnosed with um, Lyme's disease. And because of her condition, um, she would do better in like a more tropical, more warmer climate. So because of that, she finally made the decision to move down there. Mm-hmm. It's wow. like she kept saying, like, I almost had to die in order to do something that I've I've been wanting to do for such a long time. And that's like a really like extreme example. When you have a spiritual awakening, it basically means to hide your senses, to hide your awareness. Just so you can be just a kinder person, not just for yourself, but for the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And like, how sad is it that it's triggered by major life experiences like illnesses or tragedies or trauma like why can't the like and it can be brought up naturally but we don't live in a society that supports that kind of healthy upbringing (laughs) no definitely not no I I love everything you know you just you said right there I really think that that's something I mean that's something me and my best friend always talk about you know I always tell her like you don't want to have to learn the hard way but human beings usually do have to learn the hard way. And I don't know what it is, but I do think it's just a part of being human and having this human experience is that things need to Mm -hmm. fall apart before us before we take action. Now, I do think there's a positive side here. If you have gotten, Mm -hmm. if you are at the point in your life where you have had to learn the hard way, where you have had to have things fall apart or reach rock bottom, right? I think that you do get the advantage of, not having to learn the hard way again, because learning the hard mm-hmm. way, I feel is it, it needs to happen when you're ignoring things, when you're not doing your best, when you're just kind of letting your life slip away from you or your relationship mm-hmm. slip away from you or your health slip away from you, whatever yeah. it is. You know, I think that once you've learned the hard way, whenever things come up in the future, you know, you, you are more active. You want to pay attention. You want to do better. You want to be better. You want to be more present because you realize Mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't want to, you know, ever, ever wake up one day having gone, you know, months without talking to my parents. And then suddenly like maybe I'm sick or they're sick, you know, God Mm -hmm. forbid. So it's like, you know, it's just as simple as that. Or, oh, you know, like, I want to make sure every time I talk to my best friend, I tell them that I love them. You know, I want to make sure that the people in my life know that I care and know that I'm here for them because you never know what can happen to them or to you. You know, like you want to continuously mm-hmm. live in a place of or in a state of conscious awareness, you know, and I think that that's mm-hmm. possible. And I think that you won't have to continue to learn the hard way if you just pay attention the first time from learning the hard way when your life really fell to, to pieces. Yeah. You know? And if you, if you can learn from that and you can apply those lessons going forward, I don't think you'll have to learn the hard way because you'll know how to pay attention to the signs and the symptoms when things are starting to go wrong. You know, if you actively mm-hmm. give your best every day, even if your best is like literally getting out of bed, doing whatever you can that day, you know, or 
again, like just giving your mom and dad a call, giving your best friend a call, whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. if you can do that every day, then you're living in your best. You're, you're giving your best every day. Like, I just really think it's, you won't have to learn the hard way if that's the case. Yeah. You know? And you don't live in the what if. Exactly. You know? Because you're you gave it a the I am, I am mm-hmm. doing these things. I am putting my, my effort forward and out into the world. I'm putting my effort out into the world. So yeah. It's like leaving for tomorrow what you could have done today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. It's not important right now. But and it kind of is. And there are some things where it's like, you know, yeah, some things can wait till tomorrow, but you know, just knowing the difference between what can I put off till tomorrow and what do I need to do today? What, what Mm -hmm. do I have to do right now today? Who needs me today? Do I need myself today? You know? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about you and your experience with it. Do you have any early memories of when you began to feel this shift? That's, that's a really great question. Uh, You know, it's interesting because I think I, I come from a really, <laughs> I, my background is pretty interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Like my mom was a very spiritual woman. She also had her own kind of like uh, esoteric ability, so to say. Um, and so did my <laughs> sister and kind of felt like I always knew that a time would, like I felt like the normie in my family because I didn't like have any of the like psychic empathic powers I couldn't like see the words. I couldn't see the auras like I didn't yeah you told me so many stories about your family yes they're just very very strong spiritual women that's like I guess the mm-hmm. way I could put it is like I just come from a line of like very strong spiritual women and I felt like the normie I definitely felt like I'm I don't fit in here I don't want mm-hmm. to fit in I don't want to see any of the stuff y'all see it's scary it sounds scary <laughs> and I mean like that sounds like really like a really overwhelming way to grow up, honestly. We have these conversations all the time. And even like current things, like things that are that keep happening to you to this day, even after you like began having this like change in like conscious and be more aware of things, like it just never stops. No, <laughs> yeah, it never does. It never stops. It only, mm-hmm. you know, the lessons build um, on top of each other. And, you know, you learn one thing and then you move on to the next and, Like, that was honestly, I guess, yeah, like, I guess in terms of when I, like, my earliest memories of this were, like, I guess maybe memories about, you know, my mom and my sister maybe talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. certain things, and then they would kind of look at me and be like, oh, Anna, like, you know, you can't feel this yet, but one day you will. And that always freaks me out. (laughs) Yeah. That's terrifying. I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Like, that sounds spooky, you guys. And And it wasn't until I maybe was, you know, in my really early 20s, like maybe 1920, it started Mm -hmm. to hit me that I like, I mean, that's, that's when I, I guess I realized, like, I was just more curious about the world around us, about the way the universe worked. I was, you know, in college (laughs) taking philosophy classes and, you know, (laughs) learning about the world and just read all these different books. And that's, I think when I I started my spiritual awakening for me, it needed to Mm -hmm. come through knowledge and through books and through Mm -hmm. studying, you know, before I could really like emotionally tune in. Like, I think I just need that intellectual uh, framework for, for understanding these like more esoteric, like meta, meta themes, you know? So if anything, like how this has affected you is that you've just become like a human encyclopedia. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's what you've gotten from this? Okay. I mean, because girl, I be asking you things and you're just like, okay, like you say everything. And I'm like, how does she, how does she know? You don't even have to reference anything. You're just like, yes, this is how it is. This is how things be. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I've worked really hard on that. It's really important for me to not only like, because that helps me understand it for myself, but I think especially when we Mm -hmm. live in a world that's so divorced from like, uh, I guess, I don't know how to, like you can put, yeah, like the more esoteric, like more things. Like, I think it's really important Mm -hmm. for people to be able to like show you tangibly how these things affect you, you know, like Mm -hmm. to give you a, I guess, yeah, like a framework for, okay, I know we can't like explain how energy maybe works, you know, and some people believe you can only feel energy, but I believe that it can be explained, you know, just like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I don't know. I really think that that helps me explain it to other people and teach other people, you know? I mean, that's how you felt comfortable enough to start Astrolytical and begin being this, like, spiritual advisor to so many people. I mean, like, you did my natal chart, and I thought it was amazing. Like, I learned so much. Literally, every time that we talk or that I'm just, like, telling you about my feelings, like, you always (laughs) say these things, and I'm just like, wow, like, I didn't really think about it that way. And even if I did... It's like hearing it from someone that just like truly cares and just truly knows just gives you this like sense of like calm and it helps you recenter and just tackle things in a different set of eyes, you know? Oh, thank you. You know, you mean a lot to me. Okay. So we've talked about this a lot, but, um, what do you feel is the best way to really navigate those waters of going through your spiritual awakening? Like how, how do you feel is, is the best way to cope with it and how do you feel that linking spirituality into it really does make a difference well you know that's interesting so I think I might have like two two different things to say to that so Mm -hmm. hopefully I can make this point without losing my train of thought Um, (laughs) going in circles (laughs) yeah I need to like I need to I need to map this out in my head I have two two things to say to that my first my first point is I think that exploring through any means that calls to you is definitely a good place to start. For me, that was mm-hmm. like reading and educating myself. And um, I mean, honestly, learning more about uh, just the world in general. Like I took a really large interest in theology and I learned about other religions and other cultures and I loved mm-hmm. mythology. So I started reading a lot about mythology and philosophy and you know, I think that was a good place for me to start to kind of get more in touch with my mind and my body and my spirit and um, why and how they are. But I think, you know, for it's interesting because my best friend, she's also a spiritual practitioner, but she works with the body and she's a massage therapist. So for her, when she kind of got into, okay, well, I'm having my spiritual awakening, but what calls to me for her, it was like working with other people's bodies and working with her own body, which by the way, she's wonderful too. At Spirit Science Medicine, I'm just gonna plug her. <laughs> the plug, the plug. Medicine on Instagram, she's amazing. She works here in Chicago. Her her uh, business is in Logan Square. She's amazing, but she she you know she would learn Reiki. She's learned you know, just how to work with uh, like cranial sacral like energy work, you know, and she really Mm -hmm. likes to broaden her her scope of understanding spiritually Mm -hmm. through how we can work with the body, alleviate pain from the body, heal the body. 
And I think that, like that's that's a perfect example of how like you know you just need to follow whatever calls to you. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean that it looks different for absolutely everybody. I mean, when you have the awakening, you start to kind of like figure out what it is, what is calling to you. The main thing that you have to do, I mean, like, that's like my top recommendation is getting out of your comfort zone so you can really know what it is that you truly like. If you live in a bubble mm-hmm. and you don't really know what's going on and you just practice one single thing all the time, like, how are you going to know what it actually calls to you? And yep. I feel that that's the big thing with people that like never find their passion or like, and not to say that everybody does, but a big part of like really figuring out who you are, what you like is to get out of that comfort zone and to be kind to yourself because Rome wasn't built in a day. You're not going to be built in a day either. It takes practice. You got to, you know, do things, fail at them, learn from that, move forward, you know? Yeah. I love that. I think that goes hand in hand too. Like, you know, for me putting myself out there was like, I would go sit at the university um, library when I was in college and I would just like be reading and I would sit down next to people and I would just like start talking to them. You know, like I would just, I would literally just get out of my comfort zone and I would have the most interesting conversations yeah. with people. And I would just ask them like, mm-hmm. you know, how has your consciousness felt lately? Like, you know, just like, do you feel any kind of change in your emotional awareness or your physical awareness? And so many people, most people, when mm-hmm. I talked to them about this, all of them said, yes. You know, all of them said within the last year or two, while we were there together, which was during a time shortly mm-hmm. after 2012, which we could talk about in a whole other segment at some point. But um, 2012 was supposed to be like a really sensitive, energetic point. And everyone who I would talk to about this was like, yeah, I can feel this shift, you know. And I thought that was like me getting out of my comfort zone to talk to people you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. No, really- honestly, I love that you skipped the small talk altogether and just went for the hard hitting <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah, right I to was- the heart. I would just be like, yeah, hey, like, you know, what are, what are you, what's up? Like, dude, I'm reading this crazy book right now. Like, you know, can I show you? I was kind of eccentric on my in college. Yeah. I'd like show up to all my lectures with like sunglasses on because the like <laughs> lights were just like too hardcore for me energetically at that point. Yeah. Like, I would start seeing the professor's aura and stuff, and I was like, no, no, no. Oh my no. goodness. So that brings me back to the second point that I wanted to make. And mm-hmm. this is something that I I say while also recommending caution. But I do believe it's really helpful to try to connect with people and find other people who are also, you know, maybe starting on that same path or are like-minded in those ways. And I think like now with Instagram, you know, it's so mm-hmm. much easier to find people to follow because there are so many there's so many people to connect with on there, you know, mm-hmm. and I think I would have benefited from that, uh, you know, cause I was, I was like, again, like I mentioned 1920 when I was doing this and like Instagram did not look the way it does today. Neither did Facebook. And I did, I went through a lot of this alone. Um, mm-hmm. and then I had like my sister who I mentioned is also a very spiritual woman who helped me, but for the most part I was alone and I think that's the mm-hmm. one positive thing about the internet at this point in our day and age is that it does help us connect with people who are like-minded. And then on the other hand, the thing that the reason I also like just exercise caution while saying this is that you have to be careful about the kind of people you also surround yourself in these spiritual communities, yeah. you know, because I mean, just like anything, right. You always have to mm-hmm. make sure that you have your eye out for, you know, other people who don't have the best intentions or whatever, right. Mm-hmm. Everyone's on their own path. Yeah. But, 
Um, I think especially in the spiritual communities, my many years of, you know, being a spiritual practitioner, like I've just, I've run into so many people who they, they, they walk this enlightened path. They start to walk this like awakened path. I think like their egos kind of get in the way, you know, Mm -hmm. and it becomes kind of a, a, ego contest between oh who's more woke who's more spiritual you know like we're not here to like compare our egos and I think that Mm -mm. that's the one thing I do advise caution with obviously is there's always going to be someone out there preaching that they have all the answers and that if you're not doing something the way that they Mm -hmm. believe you should be doing it then you're wrong or whatever and that's like if anyone makes you feel that way if anyone is ever talking to you that way they're not a very good spiritual teacher or guide or guru to follow I've met many people in my time where their ego started to consume them and it became much Mm -hmm. less about spirituality and much more about their own egos honestly just like Mm -hmm. I'm better than you I know more than you I'm more spiritual than you I've had you know, X, Y, and Z experiences that pale in comparison to yours. And it's like, that's not empowering. You're not helping people. And if we are going through this experience, we need that love and we need that support and we need that cheerleader. And that's what I mean about the right spiritual communities. And yeah, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. what feels right to you. And I think like, yeah, literally just that. It is is so helpful when you have friends and, you know, community members of any kind who like just get it and are on the same page as Mm -hmm. you and, you know, understand where you're at, you know, and are able to meet you where you're at. I think that's the most important thing to look for Mm -hmm. in, you know, other like-minded people are, can they meet you where you're at? Those are my two things, like do whatever calls to you and then find your own community of like-minded people. But again, just exercise caution and be wary. If something doesn't feel right, listen to that and just change course. Staying Mm -hmm. in a place that feels uncomfortable is what's going to like, you know, hurt you in the end. So yeah. yeah. We got to wrap this up. Any last words? You want to plug in your socials, your books, your services? Give it to me. So, yeah, I am Anna Childs, and you can find me. I have two Instagram handles. I'm uh, at the Kill Manual on Instagram and at Astrolytical on Instagram. I'm an indie author and a multimedia artist and an astrologer slash spiritualist, <laughs> I guess, uh, I'm a jack of all trades in a way. Um, I do a lot. And yeah, I offer astrology readings. I do birth chart readings. I have an assortment of those listed out on my website, which is also www.astrolytical.com. Um, I do sinister compatibility. We can do like your year in advance, kind of looking <laughs> at like your astrological year, what lies ahead. We can do like standard birth chart readings. Um, yeah, there's a lot to choose from. So Mm-hmm. Guys, she's actually amazing. You need to go get your natal shot read by her. And okay, this is amazing. I love doing this. Always a pleasure having these conversations with you. I always learn so much, and I'm really excited about doing this again because we have another episode that we're going to be recording together very soon. And it's going to be all about astrology. So I know that we, like, you know, talked about it a little bit here and there but this is the master expert going to talk to us all about that so hi girl nice talking to you talk to you soon thank you so much for having me it was a pleasure good luck of course bye oh my god this is my first long form episode and i'm so excited that i was with anna she's such a brilliant woman so excited to have her on here and even more excited about our next episode where we're going to talk about astrology, which I am obsessed with. I just really hope you love this episode as much as I did. 
And as always, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. I'm going to leave all my info, Anna and her friends, in the description box. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.